I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate a healthy and thriving marriage. Ashley, I have something I want to talk about today. Okay, what's that? Shoot. So you know that we got a puppy. We haven't really talked about it too much on the podcast yet. Uh, If people follow us on social media and stuff, they probably see me talking about it. But we went and picked him up this week, and he is absolutely adorable. I've seen pictures on his little Instagram, and it is the cutest thing I've ever seen. It makes me have puppy fever, but at the same time, I feel like really low-key bad for you and kind of never want to go through puppyhood again. Like, and, and you've kind of given me some coaching this morning before we started talking. You gave me tons of great advice on vets and stuff like that. And so definitely taking all that to heart. Um, yes, he has an Instagram. If you want to see him, he is a Corgi. Uh, his name is Canon, like the camera brand, Canon Maxwell Cerna. Those are actually my initials too, CMC. So we have that. He's uh, a red Corgi. And if you want to follow him on Instagram, you can go to Canon underscore the underscore Corgi, Canon the Corgi. And uh, you should be able to find him there. He's just a little guy. He's so young. He's eight weeks. Um, but man, I'm tired, dude. I bet. I bet. How much sleep are you getting in the middle of the night? Is he waking you up? Uh, no, he's he's actually doing really well. The first night there was a there was a moment where he was crying, um, and then I immediately like Googled why do dogs cry in their crates? We're crate training. <laughs> And then it said that there's only four reasons. Well, maybe there's more, but it's like the four most common reasons were they're hurt. Uh, so they're in pain, they're hungry, they have to go to the bathroom or they're scared. And so I knew it wasn't, I knew he wasn't hurt. I knew, you know, he wasn't hungry. I had just taken him out to the bathroom. So he was good. And so he's afraid. So I just sat there with him. And, uh, and then when he knew he wasn't alone, he fell asleep and then I went back to my room. So that was like one thing that happened. It was yeah. only like five minutes. Yeah. Uh, but I have to get up like, early now like i'm not gonna lie we we sleep in around here like we sleep in till 8 8 30 um and so i'm getting up at 6 50 you know it it's just earlier and then after i like had to wake myself up at like 3 a.m to take him out in the middle of the night so we're taking him out at 11 p.m 3 a.m and then right in the morning when he wakes up so i'm interested to just, know how long that lasts <sighs> <laughs> you're like schedule with him and yeah we'll see i mean i'm already struggling like I'm tired. <laughs> but anyways, uh, with that, we're not going to talk too much about him today. He's awesome. If you want to follow along in his stories, like I said, you can follow on Instagram and I'm literally going to be spamming the world with this stuff. But two things I wanted to let people know. Uh, number one, if you hear squeaky toys or barking or you know yelping or any of that stuff, like that's why. It's canon. We just got him. We're house training him. Day and two, all that right? So, or day three? Day two and a half. Okay. Yeah, so day two and a half. So you've so. done two nights with him. Two nights with him, yes. All it's right. all very exciting. Yeah. I love it. What's He's your so high sweet. and your low of having a puppy? I feel like most Ooh. people have puppies. Uh, the low at this point is the nipping. 
like his little bites yeah. mostly because I mean, his teeth are like knives, like they're so sharp. Yeah. And, uh, and, but you gave me some great advice on how to handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then more so with the kids because they just want to hug him and hold him and kiss him all the time. And like, he's an animal, you know, he right. doesn't want to do that all day. And no. so just trying to find the balance there with him. So the low is the nipping with him. He's made my daughter cry a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also very sensitive too. So yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, my, my cousin had, when they got their puppy, their youngest daughter, like was not a fan for until really the dog was like a year old. Like it was kind of a while. Cause she was like, he's mean. Like he bites me. He hurts. I can't. So yeah. it, there's kind of like a transition whenever they're like super young, like just because they have to be so careful with him. Yep. But it's also fun yep. for them because they do grow up together. But I think there is like a little transitionary period in the very beginning with them. Yeah, we're definitely doing some educating with them to just try to help them understand that whole thing. So the yeah. lo- that's the low. The high is just I've always wanted a corgi puppy, like always for like 10 years. It's been about 10 years. And um, to like actually have him, like we drove uh, three hours to go pick him up from a breeder in eastern Kansas. And, and so that just, that whole thing, like we had the car ride back and it was all very exciting. And he's just, this is the high, like it, it finally happened mm, uh, and he's, and he's here. So Yay. we're, we're excited to have like our life change and for the better. Um, and then just have this new companion in our family. Yeah. So, I love that. About, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. What about you? What's new in your world? Not a whole lot. Justin and I have just, I mean, we, we're still kind of chilling at home with the world the way it is. And um, I've got a couple of trips coming up. So I'm trying to be very careful about my health leading up to that. And mm-hmm. if anybody knows me, I'm um, a worrywart. So the state of the world hasn't been great on my mental health and stability. <laughs> but so I'm just, I'm just trying to be careful and also like let go of a little bit of control with that. But in all of this, we've been having a lot of like epiphanies and Justin and I realized here's like a tip that I didn't know I ever needed. And so maybe this will help you. And in 2021, as like a whole, I've been trying to give mm-hmm. up gossiping. It's like so easy to gossip. So like oh. now I like gossip about like TV shows, you know, but yeah. I try not to talk about anybody that I like actually know and like, or have like a peer relationship with no of, like, I just try not to talk about people. And that's something that I really tried to give up. I think as women, it's easy to like, just gossip. It's like a low hanging fruit of conversation. And so I've been intentionally not talking about people. And that also includes family. And I know I have family listening to this. I love you all. I love you all deeply but that includes family. Like I don't want to say anything negative about anybody in my family, whether it's my family or Justin's family. Um, I feel like it's a very easy, just like I said, it's a low hanging fruit. It's easy to like, when you leave a party and you get in your car, I think some people grow up with the mindset of like, we get in the car and we're going to talk about like someone that just annoyed us or a situation that was just like super frustrating or like, did you see this? This is like a shallow one. Did you see what they're wearing? What is it about that though? Because I I would agree with that. Like the low hanging fruit. Do you think it's just like, it's an easy connecting point? Yes. Like a connection point. Yeah. Cause the people that you're getting in the car with to like 
vent. They just like went through the same thing as you. So I think it's, it's just like automatic conversation. Yeah, like chit chat on the way home. Let's talk about how so oh did you see gosh. how so-and-so treated so-and-so or like, why do you think that was such a good time? Like just like random conversations. And I don't know that I recognize that I grew up doing that, but I know that Justin and I have talked and he's like, man, I feel like I've done that since I was a kid. Like we just get in the car and we talk about what we just did and where we just were. And like, sometimes yeah. it's really positive and then sometimes it's a negative conversation. So Justin and I, have made the intentional decision as well. We're tr also trying not to talk about people together, but when we leave somewhere, we are not going to talk about anything negative that like we, like that irked us. Like if something irked us, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to put it out in the world. So what happened Interesting. is we went to be around some people and we got in the car afterwards. We both had the urge to say something to vent like get it off our chest and we literally said do we talk about it and then we're like nope i don't think we talk about it i don't think we put it out in the world we're like okay we're not going to talk about I it love that and then and then the next week we were talking about something to do with these people and i was like what was it that made us like so annoyed last time but we decided like not to talk about it and he goes i don't remember and I said, oh Whoa. my gosh, wait, do we not remember because we didn't put it out in the world and make it a thing? Words become worlds, right? We didn't oh, make it a thing. We gosh. didn't put it out in the world. And so like, it was just a passing thought that we let pass us. And so it's nothing is eating us up anymore. Like we have more positive relationships with like just the people close to us in our worlds because we're not. Oh my gosh letting the little things that don't actually matter become big things. It's so weird. Dude, okay, I have a, a different pastor analogy for you. Okay. So since you're big into plants right now, imagine like at that moment, like when you get in the car, it's like if you're like holding seeds and these are like seeds of gossip and you can take them and you can plant them in the ground that is your life and then they'll grow up and then they'll they'll like begin to cultivate and like take root in your life. Like, and of course you're going to remember what they are because they're there. But at that moment where you choose to not put it in the world, it's like you don't plant it. And nope. then it's not a thing. Yeah. It just like toss it out the window. It doesn't like, happen. Let's let that go. Let's let's So not how do let you feel like this has affected you? Like uh, my, my mental health has increased because I don't find myself frustrated with things or situations or people because I'm not letting it live in me. But I've noticed with my husband, like his mental state and his ability to like brush things off now is through the roof. And like, he kind of has always lived with like kind of an under, like a cloud of animosity above his head, like day to day, like just walking through and there's this cloud of like frustration, frustration with the world, frustration with people. Like he just kind of has always had to live with that. And that's because who knows why it's just how he's always known life to be. Right. Recently he said like yesterday we were in the kitchen and he said, you know, I don't even have to acknowledge how happy I am anymore because it's such a constant. And like, this is a new, this is new. Like he literally said wow. that he was like, I am just in a constant state of like, I can't believe this is my life. And we live in the country in the middle of nowhere with like 
a small neighborhood. Like it's nothing lavish. No, that sounds like heaven to me. (laughs) (laughs) But he's literally just like, he always envisioned himself like living somewhere really cool. And we live in like like the middle of the country in like a loft or something like downtown somewhere. Or like I could totally see him doing man or like whatever. Yeah. Or like by the ocean, and like he doesn't. And he's like, I always thought that this place would make me unhappy because I've always been unhappy. And he's like, but he's realizing it was a lot of like mind shift things. But it's been really, really cool. Really, 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 really cool. So I like Justin said, will you please share this revelation with your podcast? And I was like, that's a great idea. So that's challenging. That's challenging for me. Lara and I always talk shit about. (laughs) It sounds so bad. It sounds so bad. But you're right. Like we can like leave somewhere and immediately we get in the car and we're like, dude, can you. Or like I look over her and I'm like, dude. And she's like, I know, right? Like I haven't, yes. we haven't yes. said anything. Yes. And uh, or like sometimes we'll go out to eat and like maybe the, the waiter, ra- waitress did something that really annoyed us or they did amazing. You know, they did a great job and we get in the car like for better or for worse. Like we're talking about what we just experienced. But those negative things definitely. And I'm someone who will like go off on tangents and rants. And Lara's like, why are you so mad about this? Like, yeah, Justin's just, that way too. I just yeah. am like just I'm like hey don't let that live let in you there. like let's let's run yeah. that off it's not that big of a deal I want to I'm going to talk to Larry about this because I think it would benefit us yeah it's like this whole cool. idea like but I can it's funny because you're saying that and I can feel that like there's this like tension in me that I'm like but what if it's like like what if it's something that's so juicy okay oh my gosh no you will <sighs> you will feel that like literally like it's not like we still what is that, do though? that. Like, what is that need to like? I'm like, oh, I have to say it. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. And we went it's through like that where we a were literal like. literal tension yes. in you. Like you feel it. Yes, we literally did. And it's it was that moment that I was like, let's not talk about it. And he was like, okay, we're not going to talk about it. And I was like, I really want to talk about it. And he was like, me too. I was like, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. And then we got on like a different topic because like we genuinely were like, because it's just what you do every time you get in the car. And I'm like, let's not do yeah. this. Let's not do this. Let's not do this. And it was like an, like we had to have intent, like that intentional decision. Like we are going to fight this urge and we are going to try to talk about something else. So then I talked about how like I left something. And so I was like, oh, we, we got, so like the conversation ended because I'm like, oh my God, we got to turn around. But yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. So I have one other thing to tell you about, and then we can kind of get in our topic. Um, do you, did you, so I sent you a playlist the other day. Did you happen to take a peek at it or Not listen yet. to it? Uh-uh. Okay. But so I, I love have this. A, I have a friend of mine. Um, her name is Sarah and she is a nine two. She's a graphic designer, but she sent me this. So we're always like talking about nine things about ourselves. And, um, she sent me this playlist and she's like, Hey, you should give this a listen and I want to read her exact text. I'm going to pull it up here really quick. But she sent me this playlist and she's like, do you want to do like a challenge? Like, would you be down to do a challenge? And I'm like, what the heck? Maybe it just, it depends on what it is. Right. And she said, um, I found this album. It's called The Manifestation. Every song is a mantra and I listen to it this AM and my day has been going good because of it, I believe. So I listen to this album start to finish first thing every morning uh, and I'm going to do this for a week and I want you to do it too and see if you notice a difference in yourself. And I was like, done, I'm in. And so I listened to it. It's got a very uh, hip hoppy rap 
Oh, not what I was expecting. Lo-fi. Okay, I love lo-fi. Type feel to it. Um, But so like my favorite one is the first one. It's called Wake Up. And it literally starts off and it's like, I wake up every day feeling good. I wake up every day feeling good. I wake up every day. So it's just these short mantras and it's really catchy. And then after that, like the next line is everything is as it should be. Everything is as it should be. Everything is as it should be. And then it just cycles through these. It's like happiness, health, wealth, or something like that. Like it, it just goes through these different things anyway. So I've been found, like, <laughs> I told Lair about this and there's this other part. Um, there's this other one that it's like, the only way to be great, to be great, to be great is be grateful. And I'm just like singing these mantras all day long in my head. So I've been listening to them first thing in the morning when I wake up. And and that first one really hypes me up. Like, wow. like man, I am waking up every day feeling good. So They say affirmations are powerful. I had someone message me about that on the bridal breakdown. Um, they DM'd us and they were talking about like positive affirmations and how much that's changed her. Yeah, and it's just... It's just really crazy because it's like, it's like, uh, well, this kind of goes along with what you were just talking about, like with you and Justin, like putting things out into the world, like this whole, this whole thing of like listening to songs and Justin just brought Ashley eggs and are they amazing? Yeah. He like tries to change it up every time he's trying to like be a chef or something. I don't know what he put in this, but are they really good? Yeah. I don't know what he put in this at all. They're like creamy. Ooh, he did the he did the chef chef Ramsay style. I love. Oh my god! I think he put queso in this. No way! I think that's what I'm tasting. I think that's what he added for our for the cheese part is queso. I need that in my life. It's totally queso queso. eggs. Yeah, it's totally queso. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I want we're gonna do nachos for dinner <laughs> i'm hungry um, i was like justin i don't care if i'm recording please bring me food yeah so anyways this album it's called the manifestation maybe we can link it in the show notes uh we'll Absolutely. link it in the show notes and, and you can check it out it's only like the whole album is 12 minutes long it's oh. not long. like okay, you cool. just so i'm only carving out 12 minutes out of my day you know to listen to this and you can um, do it while you like do dishes yeah yeah and so the other day i was working out to it too and i was like man this is this is nice. So again, it's just that it's that words become worlds. That thing. Um, there's another one. The second one is called money, and it starts out like he's saying, "I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich." And then the second line, he says, "Money." Uh, what does he say? Money comes easily and frequently, and he just repeats these things over and over. Positive and money over mindset. And over again. Yeah, it's really really cool. So I dig it. Ask him about the queso. Hey, is it queso? I knew it. Oh, uh, you it's called so it. Good. I already had this today. <laughs> Thank you so much. Love you. Bye. It's queso. Queso eggs. That's legit. You see my face? I'm like, what is in I this? I know. You were like, your taste buds were awoken. Not and, what I was uh, expecting. I know. Anyways. I've never thought to put queso in eggs. And we put like, uh, like grated cheese in eggs all mm-hmm. the time. Like, why not queso? That would make them so much creamier. <sighs> okay, manifestation. Six. We're gonna link it. it. Check it out. But we have a we have a topic to dive into today, Ashley. We do, and this honestly was wildly a popular topic. Whenever we were trying to figure out what our next few topics would be, this was like a high key. Everyone is like, I have a situation to share. With mama. 
with mama. So this is our, it was going to be like a help. My mom's controlling my wedding episode. But you know, once we started seeing everybody's problems, we were like, that's not exactly our original idea and structure for this episode didn't make sense. And you, excuse me, you figured this out because you polled people. I mean, we talk about this all the time on the podcast, but if you guys aren't following us on Instagram, you're missing out on, on really kind of helping shape and mold these episodes because that's actually what our listeners do. They help us figure out which directions to go with topics. So you can follow us at the bridal breakdown on Instagram, but Ashley, you did some polling this last week and you asked a lot of questions. What do you feel like you, you found, you heard, did you see any trends or anything oh my God, with totally. what people said? Totally. I, I feel like there were five trends. They can kind of boil down into three, but I'm going to like list the five things I noticed because this is, I think, how you know this is going to be for you. And then we'll go into how we're going to go through this episode because it's going to be different than yes. normal. But a lot of people with moms, whether that's mom or mother-in-law, almost, I would say like 70% of people have guest list issues with moms and mother-in-laws trying to invite everyone they've ever met. We've talked about this before on the guest list episode, which I don't remember which episode number that is to tell people. I'll, I'll look it okay. up. It's called guest, guest list anxiety. Yeah. We go d- deep into this aspect in that, but guest list was a huge obstacle when it comes to moms and mother-in-laws. I even had somebody go as far to say that they're a mom in their world invited most of the people to the point that the couple had to cut down their guest list substantially. Whoa. And the, their guest list was like 500 people and the bride's list of people was like in the dozens <sighs> because of how many people parents invited. So in that circumstance, do you think, I mean, I would make the assumption that parents were contributing Financially. financially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things she said is like, and this is just kind of gloss over to gloss over it, but she would highly recommend to anybody that like feels this may be an issue, like do not accept money from your parents. That's like her advice because of the amount of stress that came. And I had a lot of people actually, um, that was another trend that I saw as people saying that they felt like their parents not intentionally, but we're like holding the money over their head. Like I'm paying for this. I want to invite all these people or I'm paying for this. I want to say on what this invitation says, or I'm paying for this. I think that, or like your flowers should be my way, for example. So, so that's another So that kind of sounds, yeah, that kind of sounds like this is a disrespect thing. Like really, you're going to disrespect me by not allowing yes. me to choose this? Because I am paying hard-earned money from this. I pulled money out of my 401k, blah, 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 blah. And I use that example because that's something that Lara's mom did. She pulled money out of her 401k to pay for our wedding. But so, and I'm not saying that's a negative thing. I'm just saying that's an example. Like for parents, that may feel like a disrespect thing. Like how dare you? You're being ungrateful or this and that when really it's just like, I'm not being ungrateful. I just... I just don't want to do things that way. Mm-hmm. And it might have been the way that it was done when they were young. And that's why yeah. they're kind of carrying that tradition into your wedding day. And then another thing that I kept seeing come up is comparison. Whether it was like, I'm going to compare, like, 
mom is unknowingly comparing every decision you make to the decisions that someone else that got married, like maybe another child in their family, they did things differently. Uh. So like we should do everything that they did like, Oh, well, so-and-so did it that way. So like, let's do that. Or they're being judgmental because you're choosing to do something different. I've experienced this as a photographer firsthand, like moms making comments like, um, my other daughter's wedding, we took pictures over there and we did it this way. And I'm like, um, but I don't do it that way. And I've been doing this for a very long time and I have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of weddings. Please. I want to be like, dude, I struggle with that too. I've only, there's only been a couple instances where mom has gotten really snippy with me and I've just moved right along. I've just yep. ignored it. But I wanted to be like, look here, Becky. Like, look here, Tina. You guys are, you guys are paying, <laughs> Tina. You guys are paying me a lot of money to do this job. Let me do this like, job. I promise I can do this. But I get where they're coming from at the same time. Like, right. they're doing this unknowingly and I'm going to be respectful to you and I'm going to honor your wishes and I'm going to make you think that your idea is a great one. And we already had planned for it because it's such a good idea. <laughs> but I like, so you have to like walk that gracefully. But anyways, mm-hmm. the comparison thing, I see a lot firsthand. So I can't even imagine what brides go through in the process or couples go through in the process leading up. Yeah. And I think that definitely boils down to family dynamics. And and again, we say this all the time, like you all know your families, you know um, how they will react in certain situations. You can almost kind of see if something is going to, or anticipate that something might be an issue if it's on the horizon, you know, on the horizon. Absolutely. So a lot of this stuff you can get ahead of by just sitting down and thinking, how is my family going to respond to this? But the comparison thing, you said you've seen it. I've seen it. We've experienced it too. You know, like it, it's a thing. Well, I also think with comparison, there's like my other daughter or my other son did it this way. I think that the other caveat to that is like their friends had children that got married recently. And so they're having conversations with their friends about wedding planning because it's a current event in your life or in mom's life. And so she's getting opinions from all these outside sources and kind of like a keeping up with the Joneses mentality oh, of like, I need to A, do what they did, B, one up them or C, I want to make sure that they know that the life that I've provided my child was a good one. And I want them to see me and like, you know, maybe it's envy or maybe it's just a pride thing. Like there's a lot of factors that go into this keeping up with the Joneses concept. But I do think that that's a factor. And it's not even that I think that I got messages about it where they're like, I kept getting opinions from my mom after she'd like conveniently after she went and hung out with her friends. Can we can we workshop this real quick? Like and try to get to the root of what like why that is a thing. Um this whole like the keeping up with the Joneses. Can we use an emotion wheel to do that? Yes. I have one pulled up. Okay. I know okay. I saw you clicking. Like yeah. Chris has a plan. <laughs> so out of these emotions, what do you think best describes like we're gonna figure out which way we're gonna go? Um like the whole keeping up with it the Joneses wanting to impress them. Okay. Is it Sadness, uh, like what is at the root of this? Sadness, disgusted, anger, fearful, bad, surprised, happy. Okay, Trying I think it's different think. for every mother. But let's, let, let, so let's craft a mom. 
Okay. The the mom who let's go with the I want to impress others. Okay. Like my neighbors, you know, the they the Joneses, they threw a really amazing but they've always kind of had this friendly good lord, what is going on upstairs? They've had this friendly kind of competition kind of thing, kind of one upping one another, like that whole thing. That dynamic. It's not it's it's not happy. I mean it could be fear. Okay, fearful. Like they're fearful of like judgment. Okay. okay so threatened Maybe. is one for fearful. Okay. Uh, do you think they might be threatened? And then from threatened, it can break down to nervous or exposed. Mm, so feeling yes. like almost this I think fraud it could be exposed, thing. yes. Like, oh my gosh, we don't have it together as together as everyone might think we do like we need we to make sure the, to like keep up this image we have the lake house we have the this we have the that but you know me and fred's marriage has been crumbling for you know 15 years that whole thing interesting yeah, yeah i love i i don't love that but exposed okay so yeah i think that that actually probably defines a lot of people if it doesn't you can workshop this for your own yeah go pull up an emotion wheel and figure out like where is this rooted because i think when you know this where it's rooted it'll like allow you to either have more compassion and understanding or be able to have like a sit down and have a conversation about it nonetheless yes the other thing that comes up in the last thing that i saw the last theme is there was my throat noise as per usual <laughs> making its appearance um <laughs> narcissism and selfishness and i think it's like more of like a narcissistic behavior or tendency not necessarily calling mom narcissistic or like a narcissist at all but those narcissistic tendencies where it's like make it about me so maybe selfishness is like something everybody experiences as humans it's very hard to be consistently selfless so i think with some moms maybe you're seeing like your mom care more about like I had one girl who got married years ago it's been over well over a year and she something that really bothered her on the wedding day and I've seen this with bridesmaids is that she felt like her mom like cared way more about what she looked like than anything else and so it like upstaged her bridal glam moment and like that's sad like but th- that it, there's a level of selfishness there. Like the cameras are going to be on me. I need to make sure I look good. Right. And like, maybe, you know, that this might pretend, I think that I also had somebody message and say, like my fiance sat me down and said, my mom is this way. And like, I want you to know that it's okay if you feel like that and you can talk to me about it because I know she's that way. And we're going to like, get ahead of it and have this conversation early. And I want you to know, like you can stand up for yourself and I'm going to back you up. And I think, you know, your family dynamic, like, you know what this, what a mom might potentially be like, but in the story of the girl who her mom like upstaged her or was like trying to upstage her, she was like, I didn't realize my mom was really this way. It like kind of, started to show through in wedding planning. And she was like, and that 
And now looking back, I can see that she's kind of always been that way, but it never really like came to a head until we were planning. Oh man. And that just goes to show you that like going through really stressful, stressful things kind of reveals your true nature. Um, I think at that point, like a lot of times you're operating, like if you're planning a wedding and you're just so stressed, like you kind of can't keep, you kind of can't put a bandaid on it. It's like everything that's in is just going to come out the good and the bad. Right. And, and so that's super interesting. You know, what a revelation to have about, about your mom, you know, going through wedding planning, like that's gotta be kind of hard, but then also maybe kind of even relieving to know like, oh, wow, that's what this was to kind of figure out and put a name to some things. You know, I also think that kind of ties into this happened in my like late twenties. I don't know. Maybe it was my early twenties. I don't really remember, but I had a moment in like a day I feel like it was my early 20s when I realized like my parents aren't like superheroes and they don't know everything and they're just humans just like the rest of us and they're just winging it. And I think that's like kind of it still is weird to me to like look at my my parents as flawed because you grow up for so long not like believing like there's nothing wrong with them. And like my parents are great. I love them. I'm very lucky to have very good parents. But that's a weird moment to have to realize Dude. your parents are flawed. And I think in, even in totally. this, in this situation, you're kind of like, you're seeing your parents flaws come because like you said, it's such an emotional, emotionally heightened situation. Man. I, I remember that point for us or for me, I can't speak for Lara, but for me, it's when we had kids and we had Sterling and we were like, he had, he was going kind of like from one to two, it was just really rough. That's a rough age. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like raising a kid is hard. This is hard. Like all this stuff. And I remember calling my mom and like just apologizing and being like, man, I didn't realize, like, I just always thought that you and, um, dad were perfect, that you guys never made any mistakes, that you never did anything wrong. And you were probably just winging it, you know, the whole time and, Absolutely. you know, just trying to, trying to figure it out. And so I think, you know, some, some of that stuff can be said for wedding planning too. When you realize like, oh wow, they're not perfect. They're not, you know, going to yeah. say the right thing every time. And it's right. not because they don't want to, it's just because we're all human. You know, mm-hmm. we get caught up in our emotions sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Today's episode is going to be structured a little bit different. So for now, or up to this point, we've been addressing you, the bride, the regular listener, uh, the person that knows Ashley and I, that's always connecting with us. And when we started to put together and think through this episode, we started to realize that like the advice that we would give you, we've already kind of given you through a few different episodes. And we thought that it might be time to talk to your mom <laughs> and, and sit down and have a conversation with her or your mother-in-law. And so our hope for this episode at this point would be that you would send this next point that we get to, you'd send her the minute mark and say, okay, mom, uh, I listened to this episode, you know, this, this podcast and it's on wedding planning. And uh, I really would love it if you would listen to, you know, 20 minutes of this episode, 30 minutes of this episode. And uh, I think it would be really beneficial to you. And I think it would also help you understand where I am at. You know, you got married a long time ago, times have changed. And to plan a, uh, to plan a wedding 
2021, 2022, you know, whenever you're planning is a whole lot different than when you and dad got married. And so I want to help you understand what's going on in my head and, uh, and just share this resource with you. Will you give it a listen? Yeah. And then you make, you know, you make the ask. And like, we'll put the minute mark because we won't know the minute mark as we're talking, but we'll put the minute mark in the show notes or I guess you're looking at it now that I think about it. You're looking at the minute mark. So you can literally send the minute mark to your mom <laughs> and say, right. start the episode at this time. Because if us, if us do the excuse me words, we wanted to make this as easy for your parent to digest as possible. And so we wanted to cut the fluff out for them. You can just say like, you don't have to listen to this first half. You're not going to care about it. Like these people are talking about dogs and crap or whatever <laughs> and then we're gonna work on hyping your mom up we're gonna work on giving her a little perspective and hopefully after listening she understands more of maybe why you're doing things the way you are why are you doing things differently why you keep talking about your wedding why and then maybe you guys will be able to come to more of an agreement and you can avoid some of those awkward conversations which you should still have which I do think we should kind of touch on for a minute Chris yeah. Like, I also want to say, can I say one thing before we do that? No, I'm kidding. Okay, fine. <laughs> What's up? One of the things, and I say, I've said this over and over again, this has been like, if someone's like, what does Chris always say all the time? This is probably going to be one of those things. I don't know how much I've said on the podcast, but I was just talking to my brother about this last night. People only change when they want to change. People don't change whenever you want them to change. They only change when they come to a realization about themselves and they and they are met with how they really are because everybody thinks that they are a different way than they really are. Right. And a lot of that has to do with we believe the best about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, As we should. And it, yes. Like for confidence but a lot of it, and mental health. A lot of that comes down to because we know what our intentions are. Mm, that's but good. it doesn't matter what our intentions are if other people are perceiving us a different way or if we are hurting each other or if we are hurting someone. You can hurt someone with the best of intentions, even if you don't mean to. And so our hope is that maybe your mom will be able to come to some realizations, connect some thoughts, have these light bulb moments, and maybe understand where you're coming from in a way that you might not have felt like you could have expressed as easily as we might be able to. So that's what our hope is with this. Yeah, I love that. And maybe you don't want to bring some of this up because you don't want to say, mom, you're selfish or mom, I feel like you're holding money over my head because intent, the intention behind your mother's behavior, behavior sounds so negative. I mean, I'm rolling Inten- with it, yeah. but the, the intention that she has behind the way that she's acting is way better. Actions, yeah. Is probably good. Like her intention behind giving you money was to help you not probably not to hold it over your head so yeah in her being able to listen hopefully then she will be able to hear it from a place that she doesn't feel attacked and that would be a hard conversation for you to have with her and so yeah we do hope that that can help but also with all of these themes that we saw earlier in the episode we've got guest list keeping up with the joneses in comparison, like comparing to other family members' weddings, let's kind of give you, the listener, the couple planning the wedding, a couple of things that we would say if we could just sum it up real quick, what you can do with each of these scenarios. And it's going to be redundant because we talk about it 
a lot through this podcast. It's reoccurring themes that you continuously hear, but I do think it's worth mentioning for you. Yes, for sure. Let's start with a guest list. And we covered this in episode, uh, it's episode eight, guest list anxiety. You can go back and you can get a full, super deep dive into that. But um, in that episode, we talk a lot about actually sitting down and you doing work ahead of time. Yes. You coming up with the guest list ahead of time in at least a first draft of the guest list that you then, you know, you think through it, who do you want to invite? And then you approach your parents and say, hey guys, both sets of parents separately in different meetings and say, hey, here is our first draft uh, to the guest list. Number one, they're going to be so impressed that you even did that. That's a very adult thing to even think through that. Mm -hmm. Uh, They probably thought they were going to have to remind you and bug you about it. But the fact that you've thought about it and you've already put names to paper is a big deal. And I think they're really going to respect that. And then after they do that, Ashley, then what are they supposed to do? Well, I think with that guest list also include potentially people that you anticipate they may want to invite and then let them know, invite whoever or put on this draft, whoever comes to mind that you want to invite. No, this is what worked for me. Know that this is not our final draft. And we'll talk about any people that you add to this list because and then you can kind of give them the foundation of your why why you're celebrating with your wedding what your wedding purpose is and how maybe the person that they're trying to add doesn't align with the purpose of your wedding day and so that's something you can do but you're with that guest list draft once you create it you're going to sit and have a meeting with your parents make a meeting with your parents make a meeting with his side and that way you guys can actually sit down and have this conversation together in person and everybody can speak from a place of like kindness and sincerity versus like text messages, unless maybe you live apart, then, you know, I kind of went down a rabbit trail there, but no, you're good. You're good. And that's kind of how we would handle that situation with, you know, any guest list anxiety, guest list tension that you might be feeling from mom, uh, from either sets of moms. Um, the next thing, go ahead. Really quick. They, let's say that they're like a month away from wedding plan or like maybe they're like a month away from sending out their invites and they didn't do this guest list draft. They already have all of this stuff from mom. Maybe they don't want the rest of these people to be invited that mom has added to the list and you didn't stand up for yourself or whatever, but you want to start cutting that list down. Chris, what do they do when they're a month out from sending their invites, let's say, and they've already planned on inviting all of mom's coworkers, even though they don't want them there. Oof. We're in the middle I mean, stages of that, planning. Yeah, they're, they're kind of right in the middle of it. I think at that point, if we were in that, so let me, under, let me see if I'm understanding this. We're getting ready to send out invites. There are lists of, there are names on our invite list that are coworkers of our family. Uh, our We've never parents met them before. And we, we don't want them to go. Right. Like, what would I do in this situation? Yep. I think at this point, Lara and I would have sat down. Let's say it's my parents, my mom and dad, and say, hey, guys, like, present our wedding why, the whole thing behind it. And I would give them, probably I'd throw them a bone and say, like, hey, you have eight different couples here. You can invite one couple or two couples, um, but you can't invite all of these 
people. Um, I'm really sorry, but this is, you know, we're not able to invite, you know, this person or this person or my best friend, Georgia and her family or, or, you know, whoever. And so we are going to have to have you pick and narrow this thing down. Yeah. I like that. And I, and I would just have a conversation about it. Yeah. Cause it, then when you're tying like the, what you're losing out on due to the amount of people that are being invited and it, maybe it's, you can't invite somebody you want to invite, or maybe it's because you will be losing time out on your wedding day because you will feel anxiety and obligation to go around and talk to these people you've never met before, which will cause you anxiety because you're like, I don't have time yeah. for this. I don't have time for these people because my reception, I have two hours of partying time and I really don't want to spend it talking to people I don't know. So if you give mom that like it's the worst loss of time and like mental anguish maybe then she'll be like okay I, I can see where you're coming from I like that the conversation is the biggest thing for sure yes which again we dive deep into that in episode eight so if you need more than that and you're struggling more with this I highly suggest giving that episode a listen the next point and theme is Let's say you're struggling with parents who really are trying to create a wedding to keep up with the Joneses. What advice would you give to them, Chris? Oh, man. I think this one is tougher because you kind of have to you kind of have to do some deep thinking. And again, this emotion like and who really knows what's going on in the heart or like in the mind of someone else, but I think a lot of that has to do with something that's going on deep inside of them. Like we just talked about the emotion wheel. Uh, that could be someone feeling exposed like, oh man, you know, everyone thinks that our life is so great and we have to keep up that facade. And if we don't throw a wedding that was better than the Jones's daughter's wedding, well then they're going to know that our marriage is falling apart or that we actually don't have as much money as people think we have, or we're not this or we're not that. And so, I mean, you kind of have to do some thinking about what things potentially could be. But I think the best thing to do would be to encourage your family that no matter what, like, Hey, it, it's almost like you have to like encourage them. Like, Hey, you don't have to, we don't have to pretend to be anyone that we're not. I don't actually don't want us to try to keep up with so-and-so like, and maybe and we don't invite like, so-and-so. Yeah, maybe you don't invite so-and-so. Um, but I think that this also could like, I think you can spin it around and bring it to wedding why. And like, hey, listen, the Joneses' daughter, it really seemed like their why. They wanted to throw a big party and do this and this and this and really just Be impressive. Go- be impressive like that maybe that was their wedding why and and but that's not our wedding why we don't want to be impressive we just want to celebrate our love and we want to do that with you know a low-key intimate gathering in the backyard uh, of our house because that's where we have spent so much time here with you and mom and dad and i know you wanted us to get married at uh the downtown uh i don't know the downtown big wedding venue in your area yeah it's very high end but that's not what we want we don't want to have a plate at dinner we want to cater food trucks i don't know just whatever it is and and you have to tie it back to you and what you want and i think that that will kind of resonate with them and that might even kind of take some pressure off of their shoulders like 
whew, okay, we don't have to be that. Like, this isn't about us. This is about our kids, and it's about what they want, and and this is what they want. And also, side note, they may feel like you expect them to provide the biggest, best, grand ballroom type experience if you've never communicated what you really want. You know, they might feel like failures, you know, when really you don't even want all that. Yeah. This reminds me of my unconventional wedding and my parents, their responses when people would kind of like guffaw at the way that we were doing our wedding and they were like, what? Like she, oh my gosh, on freaking TikTok, there's a Wild Oak Films, my videographer posted um, a TikTok of our wedding. I saw it. And it's like caught fire recently. (laughs) This like first look between Justin and I and people commented and they were like, um, the groom is not supposed to be the, see the bride before the wedding. That's bad luck. And I'm just like, okay, people have opinions. People have traditional opinions. I don't really super care about what that random guy on the internet said, but it reflects a mindset that people have. So for sure we did things unconventionally, not that a first looks super unconventional, but we invited 13 people to our wedding. We stayed at the venue all together and did karaoke. And like, we just did all these crazy things that are very not normal wedding stuff. And people would literally like, it's not that they were judging my parents, but like they would come to my parents with judgmental comments and, or like, I want to be there. Like, why can't I be there? And my, because I had this conversation with my mom about my why and she knew what it was, it like disarmed her to the point where she was able to kind of deflect to me and say, this is the way that they want to do it. Like they're just, they want to celebrate things differently and I want them to be able to have the wedding that they want. So it was no longer her quote unquote fault that I was making these decisions. She's like, like fully fully put the blame on me in a sense which i loved because it was like my foundation i was like proud of it i was able to when people came to me and said can i come i was able to sit on like the doesn't resonate with my why i want to bring my two families together for a weekend getaway and inviting all of my friends and loved ones doesn't line up with that why you know what it's almost like a better way, not just keeping up with the Joneses, like you can actually outdo the Joneses. And this is kind of a, you're kind of got to leverage some negative emotion to do this, but you could be like, well, what's a, well, Steve, Steve Jones, you know, the kids don't want to do that. You know, everybody does that. Everybody's doing the big ballroom. Everyone's (laughs) doing the high upscale thing. They don't want to do that. They actually want to do something so different and they don't want to be like everyone else. Like they're going to do this thing that's totally different. You wouldn't understand. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) That's so negative, but yes, (laughs) I guess that. So that is a way though that they can... They can still keep up with the Joneses. They can feel some... uh, They can feel some pride behind it. Some pride behind it, yeah. And I love that your mom felt equipped to be able to share... This is just the way they want to do it. Is what she's always responding. It's just the way they want to do it. I don't know. It's just what they want to do. So anyways, I just thought that would be potentially really helpful for you to know that that really helped my mom in being able to respond to any comments that she got that she felt were negative. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. The last point that we want to talk about in all of this that we think is really important and a lot of people experience is when they feel like there is money being held over their head and that they have to make decisions because they are getting financial contributions. So we just want to give you a couple of quick things to consider 
and maybe you're not going to like it. And I'm sorry if you're not going to like it. Truth hurts. Truth hurts. Like Lizzo says, (laughs) my (laughs) biggest piece of advice for this and to avoid this happening is not to accept money from people. Oof. And I know that's hard because I know that you know that the average weddings in the country average at $33,000 a wedding. And you're like, I am on a beginner salary and my husband is on a beginner salary. And it, how can we do this? We just did an episode on this. Episode 14. Accepting money from, I don't remember what it's called. Accepting money from somebody. It was accepting financial help for your wedding. There we go. That we dive really deep into this, but I think something that you can take away and know is that when you are getting contributions from somebody, that contribution does mean that they now have an opinion, but there are ways that you can get ahead of this if you are going to accept money from other people. Whenever you get this financial contribution, if you can lay it out with them in the beginning when they offer like, ooh, I'm, I plan on giving, I'm like pledging $15,000. You can lay out, okay, like thank you so much. Like I'm so grateful. This is so helpful. What is it that you think, is there anything up with the wedding that you think you're going to have like a really like strong opinion on that we can kind of hash out right now before like we agree on this because I do have this why this is my wedding why I'm very strong on this we my partner and I have talked about this and we are going to be very strong in standing up for what we want our wedding to stand for and like with that said like what do you hope like, are there, is there anything that's really important to you about this? And then just kind of like try to get out what their expectations are. And maybe it's just inviting people or maybe it's, you know, I really, really want you to wear my dress. I don't know. That's a really random one, but yeah. maybe that's uh, it. I mean, honestly, I think you, you, I, uh, I don't think anyone goes into the day and we talk about this in episode 14 being like, all right, I'm ready to freaking pull some string, hold some stuff over people's exactly. heads. Exactly. It's not their like intention. People don't do that. <clears throat> and so when you ask them nine times out of 10, I think their response would be, no, 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 we don't. It's your money. You do whatever you want. You do whatever you want. And so I would stop at that point. This is where you come prepared. And you're like, well, you know, I've just heard horror stories about families being torn apart and relationships being severed um, and damaged because of issues to where, you know, parents wanted things certain ways. So this is where I want to hear what those may be. So we're going to go through a list. Do you have any preferences for where the ceremony is? I know you and dad go to the church and you know, you're a part of this church and you, you know, do you care? We don't want to have it at the church. Does that bother you? We want to have it downtown or we want to have it at a state. Like you're being does direct. That bother you? you know what you want. Yeah. No, no, that doesn't bother us. Okay. Um, does we are thinking of having for whatever you know we're thinking of having an open bar does that bother you nope we're good with that we love that or we or or you say uh we are actually going to have a bar but where it's not going to be an open bar we're to just going to have beer and, and wine beer and wine well but i wanted my old fashioned and well dad you know that's and then you can have the but until unless you give them specifics they probably won't know i love this and, you might need to go through like this whole 
okay, we're going to go through vendors, uh, day of coordinator, just everything that they might have an opinion. Do you care about decor? Do you care about what we wear? Do you care about the music that's being played? Do you played? care about Do the flowers? About flowers. Do you care about who's invited? That is one that they will care about. Yes. I will, that's for sure one. And so then you so, can hash that out right here, right now, and tell them your why, how big you want your wedding to be, why you've picked this size, and how inviting, like what your limitations and guidelines are for you to have the wedding that celebrates your love. Yeah. And then you can decide based on their answers what you're going to do. Are you going to accept that financial contribution? Is the things that they want, are those a hill that you want to die on? Or does that something you don't really care about and they can have their way? And I think you having your why thought through at this point is going to be pivotal for you. A gift is a gift. It is not, you don't have to take it. Like you can politely say, hey, you know what? I actually could see this being a point of tension in your relationship. Our relationship means more to me than $15,000 does. And so we are actually going to pay for the wedding ourselves to do things our way. And who knows? I'm not saying that you do this to try to call a bluff or anything like that because I don't think they're bluffing. But they might go at that point where they go, no, you know what? They also we might really see it's important to you. This. Yes, for sure. That it's so important to you that like you're not willing to budge on this, you know, thing that's really important. I have a question for you for the listeners who are listening to this episode and they're listening to this because they're having problems. What if they already accepted money? They're already deep in the process and they're at like that. A lot of this is guestless tension, but they're kind of like deep and thick in the wedding planning. What do they do now? They've already accepted the money. And they feel like it's being held over their head. How do they handle that after like kind of the transactions already been done? I hate to always say conversation, but (laughs) (laughs) a lot of this is what I'm looking at what Lara and I would do. Yes. And I'm going to, here's what I would do at this point. If Lara and I were in this situation with my parents or her parents, I would stop and go, Hey, I would identify what's going on. What about the situation is causing me to, reconsider everything uh okay well it's this thing they are wanting us to gosh i'm trying to they want us to only uh to invite all of our family members like everybody and they really don't want our friends there and that's obviously not something we want to do so at this point i would probably talk to lair and be like hey this is what's going on i would rather just completely call this whole thing off and go do our own thing and, and whether that's elope, whether we go to the courthouse, whether we do whatever, find some way that we can re-envision our day so that we can do what we want to do. But I'd flip the script is what I would do. I'm not saying that's what everybody should do, but if it got to the point to where we accepted money, things happen. And then at the end of that, if we end up flipping it saying, I know that you and dad, uh, ended up contributing $5,000 to this, we will pay you back. Uh, a lot of that went to deposits and it's gone now and they're non-refundable. We will pay you back, but we just can no longer operate this way. We don't want to start our marriage out on this foot to where everything is not going the way that we wanted it to. And so we've talked about it. We've thought a lot about it. We are going to completely change things. Yeah. Um, that's, Which that's a that's hard decision, I but I think For a lot sure. of people, I mean, a lot of responses. And I don't say that flippantly either. Right. Yeah. I mean, most, I don't mean most, but a lot of people have sent us messages saying, 
I really just wish I would have eloped. I actually did a poll one day saying like, has this ever been a thought for you during this process? Like, I just wish we would have like eloped or like had a teeny, 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 teeny wedding and did this way differently. And a shocking majority of people, like shocking, said, yeah, I wish I had that thought. I wish I would have eloped. So I don't know how much I've talked about this on the podcast, but I can actually share about some conflict that we had that had to do with this um, mm-hmm. to where Lara and I almost eloped. Um, there came a point during wedding planning where it really felt like Lara's mom was planning Lara's mom's wedding and not Lara's wedding. And it really felt like everything, a lot of the decisions that were being made. I was a poor youth pastor at the time. I didn't have any savings. Larry didn't have any savings. My parents couldn't afford to do anything. At this point, they were working themselves out of a, a really big financial hole that they had found themselves in. Um, and so really the only way that this big wedding was going to happen is if her mom paid for it. You know, her parents paid for it. And there came a point, I remember Lara was so, so, so stressed about just how involved constantly phone calls, constantly giving the opinions. And it was just too much for her to, we stopped and we're like, we're going to go to the courthouse. Like we have to, like, we can't do this. We don't want to do start our marriage. off. This this is not fun. Yes. And we went and we had a conversation with just her and it was hard. It was very hard because there was already a lot of tension in the air and we had to sit down and we had to say, Hey, you know that we love you. You know that we're so thankful that for everything that you've done, but at this point, here are some instances and some things that have happened. So I, we gave very specific events that had happened, things that were said that were causing us to reconsider even having the wedding and just going to the courthouse. Not even eloping and like going to like Colorado or Big Ben, like literally going to the courthouse. And that was eye-opening for her um, to be able to see that. And everything changed when we did that. Um it, it was it was a big deal. I mean, it was hard. It was scary to sit down and have that conversation. But I think the thing that really helped with that is recalling and thinking ahead of time to these specific things that had led us to this point so that she could understand why we were even considering this. Yeah. I'm glad that you're sharing on this. And I actually am going to ask you a direct question. And I think that I'm in the... Um, know that this is correct are you planning on talking about this when you go and talk to Lara about your wedding and have your episode with her yeah yeah so we will we'll talk about this and go more in depth okay into a lot of it okay um, because our our story and our situation with that was even new, unique I won't get into it too much but we essentially planned a wedding in four months uh, yeah. I mean and I think it was like a 250 person wedding so yeah like, it was a lot of it was, it was a lot of moving pieces. Well, that emotional turmoil, I think a lot of these listeners will um, resonate with your story. And that episode, you guys, will be airing on the 30th, the, the 29th of March. I looked at the wrong Yes. Date. That'll be going live on the 29th of March. So look out for that one because I think that will be very beneficial. I will actually be out. So Lara will be filling in for me. So... And That'll you guys fun. will get to get a little bit of our dynamic. So that will be fun. And yeah. then there will be one day where you and Justin do that. Absolutely. We don't know when that day will be, nope. but that's going to be a day that happens. Yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to point that out, especially because I think that's so touching. And I'm so grateful that you shared that with our listeners because I didn't even know that. But that's so relevant to what they're dealing with right now. Okay, guys, this is the time period that you are going to be able to tell mom 
all right, I need you to listen at this minute mark because everything Chris said earlier, I think this will really help our relationship. And I think it'll make you feel also really good about yourself. That's our goal. And yeah, so we're going to dive in having a little conversation with Chris or with Chris, with mom. Chris, is there anything that you want to add? I just that I love that you framed that presenting it to mom the way that you did. I think that this will really help our relationship. I think most moms are going to jump at that and be like, oh my gosh, yes. Especially if you frame it in the sense that like, I think that this will really help our relationship when it comes to wedding planning. I've had friends who their relationship with mom has been strained and I don't want that between us. So will you please listen to this? All right. Here we go. Without further ado. Here's a letter to mom. Less a letter. It's a conversation. Here's a conversation to mom. <laughs> <laughs> hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi. <laughs> hi. It's good to meet you. It's good to to have you joining in. My name is Chris Cerna. I'm Ashley Aiken. And we are wedding photographers in the Wichita area who started a podcast to really aimed at helping brides process a lot of the mental struggles that come with wedding planning. I'm sure that your son or daughter have maybe mentioned how hard wedding planning can be. Uh, Maybe you've even seen them struggling a bit, but our podcast was created to try to help resource them so that they could navigate this this very life-changing time in their life and help them come out of it on the other side a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, you know, you see the movies. The wedding planning, a lot of the time, is built up to be something that's like beautiful and fun and amazing. And it's like a Disney movie. But in reality, like there's a lot of parts of wedding planning that are actually really hard and nobody talks about them. And a lot of people feel alone during wedding planning because they feel like they're kind of crazy because they're not enjoying this. And so we want to make sure that your son, daughter, daughter-in-law-to-be feels understood and feels like they're not crazy. This is really hard. So here's why you are being sent this episode. Your daughter, your daughter-in-law, your son care so much about you. They love you so much and they want you to have input on this day. They want you to be able to um, be a part of the day, feel like you're contributing, and just feel like you are, uh, you're in it. You're not being disregarded. You're not being shaken off. You're not being pushed to the side. They want you to feel like you are in this day. I mean, you're their parent. And in being their parent, there is so much pride behind your child getting married and like, hitting this step. And that's something to be really, really, really proud of. And it's understandable that you're feeling this sense of, I want to be involved. I want to be, I mean, you're amazing. Like you've created this human being who has watched them grow up and they've fallen for somebody that they want to spend the rest of their life with. And they've made this big decision in their life that they feel like, this is the right choice for me. This is my next step. This is where I'm supposed to be. And so with that, you're probably feeling a lot, a lot of things. You're a lot of different emotions. You might be feeling like you're gaining a new child. I was going to say spouse. I don't mean spouse. You're gaining a new (laughs) child. You're feeling like you're getting a new child or maybe you feel like you're losing your child. I know that Mm. that is a very common feeling that moms feel. They feel like they have 
they're losing their connection to their child because someone new has stepped in and kind of taken their role. And I think a lot, this happens with sons, like mothers to sons. They feel a lot like they're being replaced and you're not being replaced. There's a new woman in the, in the picture. Yeah. And I can't speak on this necessarily as much as I feel like Chris maybe could being a son, but there is a special relationship between a mother and her son a lot of the times. And so if you're feeling like you're being replaced, know that you're not. I think with men, and again, I can't really speak on this. So Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think it's harder for men, most men, not all men, to hold a lot of deep relation like they don't need a whole lot of people to be communicating with Mm -hmm. and so I think a lot of the reason that moms feel replaced can kind of be rooted in that they don't have a lot of space to like just be emotionally vulnerable to a lot of people at the same time yeah well I know for me I mean whenever I'm processing something whenever I'm thinking through something I mean I still call my mom often and we talk and hey how are you especially since we we live in different states now i'm in kansas they're in texas and so um we're constantly talking i'm constantly running things by her that has lessened since we got married obviously uh but i still talk to her all the time but yeah, yeah there there was a shift in the relationship and i think that that was a little hard for my mom to process at the very beginning yeah. um but once i didn't disappear and fall off the earth and fall off the map you know like she saw oh this is gonna be okay this is gonna be fine like he's still here he still loves me I'm still the most you know one of the most important women in his life and uh, and this is okay you know the relationships will change but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that they're going to end yes and you can also look at it too if you find yourself resonating with this that like you're gaining somebody also like maybe you have a quiet son this might not be everybody, but maybe you have a quiet son and you're like, I really don't hear from him. Well, he's potentially marrying a very outspoken woman because that tends to be opposites attract. And so you're mm-hmm. gaining some, you're gaining a human in your life who can be a friend of some sort. And so if you can allow yourself also to see that, like this, this person my son loves, and I like how we're talking a lot about sons right now. Not everybody right. has a son, but nonetheless know that you're you whoever you are you're a parent and you deserve to feel proud and it's understandable that you're feeling a lot of things yes and and that's what we're trying to to communicate right now is that this is a big time for you as well maybe this is your first child that's getting married the middle maybe it's your last and you're about to be empty nesters regardless the stage i think it's it's hard each and every time because you are looking at a child, something that you held. And I'm a parent as well. I have a son who's six, the daughter who's four. And I remember holding them when they were so small. Now I look at my son, you know, who is getting taller and I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's growing up so fast as a wedding photographer. I get so emotional even on the wedding days when I'm photographing the uh, father daughter dance, knowing that one day my daughter might choose to get married and that I'll be out there on the dance floor crying my eyes out as this is like a transitionary. There's just a lot of emotions that go into the wedding day for a parent to feel. And so we want you to know that we hear you, we see you, we know your emotions, they are valid, and and we get it. It is a lot to go through, and it is okay 
to process those emotions. We want you to know that we're, we're here. We get it. We understand. Totally. Something else that we really want you to know is that you are so important to your child as well. Not only are they important to you, but you're so important and pivotal to them that you have the potential to change the trajectory of the way that this experience goes. For better or for worse, you know? And and I think a lot of times we don't want to think about the worse or the things that could happen that are bad. But let's be honest. You might have even already experienced this depending at what point you're at in the wedding planning process. But emotions can get high. Opinions will be shared. Things will be said. Sometimes things are said that we wish that we could take back. Um, Sometimes things are said uh, when we are not in the best emotional states. And so really, mom, understanding that you have the power to influence their day, like we just said, for better or for worse, is a huge concept that we want you to understand. Like you can help set the tone of the day. Um, We love dad. Dad is great. But let's be honest, dad probably isn't going to have very many opinions about the things that are happening during the day. Maybe he wants, you know, there to be, he wants to be able to be sure that he can have an old fashioned or his favorite whiskey or, you know, or the the type of food, you know, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. these different things. But mom, you are going to be there side by side, helping pick color palettes, going to the dress fitting, um, you know, helping with all of these things. And it can be really easy to slip into whatever mindset, uh, maybe a mindset that you don't want to go into. Maybe you don't want to be uh, super, super opinionated. But when you're presented with options, you can't help but give your opinion, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's pretty natural. And so understand that this is a high emotion time for everyone involved mm-hmm. in it, All but you can be, so I want you to imagine um, like a thermostat in a home. Like a thermostat has the ability to set the temperature at whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. A thermometer just reads what the temperature is, but you're a thermostat, right? Oh my gosh. Like you, you can set the tone. You can make this an easy process, a process where your daughter feels or son feel like they can come to you uh, when they're trying to process something really hard throughout this and feel like you're going to be there for them, meeting them with love, with mercy, with kindness, with grace, and not judgment and anger, bitterness, and frustration. I totally agree. And something else to keep in mind is maybe you feel like you're not being involved enough. I think that if you have a planner for the bride or groom that's doing most of the planning for the wedding, maybe they're like a major planner and you feel kind of left out of it. That's also normal. And if you can just reach out and offer that you're willing to help with anything they need if you have this planner type, that's definitely something that you can do to be a part of the process and know that that's how involved that they kind of want you to be. Just because maybe they like to keep control, but you offering help and maybe not even being specific, by the way, this is like a random little tip. It's so easy for somebody who's planning a wedding to have their own vision for their wedding day that if you come to them with like specific things you can help with, they might not even want to do that specific thing, but they don't yeah. want to tell you no. Like they don't want to say, no, I, you know, I actually don't want to do that. 
Or they think, okay, she's now offering this. So now this is something else I need to put on my plate to think about. So consider that before going with like specific ideas. But if you don't feel very involved, just continue to like put it out there. Like, hey, if you need help with something this week, like I'm open on these days. Or if you need me to take something off your plate, please just let me know. Just being like a beacon of I'm continuing to have my arms open. Eventually, if they need you, they're going to take you up on that. I just wanted to sidestep that. Yeah, no, I love that because it, it sparked another thought in my mind too. You could even ask the question, like, how involved do you want me to be? Mm, that would be I something that. that could be so good because, you know, maybe they want you to be more involved than you think, but you haven't been wanting to overstep boundaries. So maybe you've been really cautious and not helping out enough, or, you know, not, not enough, but maybe you aren't helping out as much as they would want you to, but you didn't know how much they wanted you to help yeah. out. Or... Maybe you're helping out more than they really want you to help out, mm-hmm. which can be a point of tension too. And that doesn't mean that they don't love you, that they don't value you or anything. Maybe it means that they're just trying to link arms with your son or daughter and they really want to tackle this on their own and kind of begin to grow up a little bit in adult. Now, you could be a parent that's thinking, well, you don't know my kid. They're not a planner. They don't do anything. I still I still plan all their meals for them, you know, like, which is true. We don't know your son or your daughter, but this could be a way for you to even begin to lovingly kind of kind of let them know like, "Hey, I'm trying to not overstep any boundaries, but it's really hard for me to not make a guest list when we are three uh, months into planning and you haven't even made a guest list. You know, like we are constantly encouraging our brides that listen to this podcast to step into conversations. Um, and so we want to encourage you to engage in those conversations whenever they do come up. And you also can have a conversation You know, if you see something that you think needs to be addressed and it can be done lovingly and it can be really life game, life giving and kind of change the trajectory of the wedding planning that's going on. I totally, absolutely 100% agree. I love that you brought up guest list because I think we moms, I think to be transparent, you should know this. We, in order to develop what was going to be really helpful for this episode in creating it, We actually didn't know initially that we were going to be talking to you. And we realized after getting responses from couples that are planning their wedding and what they're struggling with with their mothers that it was best for us to talk straight to you. So in most of the responses that we got for people and where they're struggling and tension with their mom has to do with their guest list. And I know Chris just touched on this, but... There have been horror stories. So I'm going to tell you a horror story really quick. We had somebody message who said, I have to like breathe for this one. It's crazy. It's heavy. They had their wedding and they had a 500 guest wedding. They didn't want a 500 guest wedding, but they had a 500 guest wedding. And the bride's guest list was 30 people because mom invited everybody else and if you find yourself and this is like that's an extreme like legit that's an extreme I don't hear that often like that's the first time I've ever heard that and I photographed 400 weddings that's this is like an extreme but if you find yourself demanding inviting certain people consider how 
those certain people might impact your child's wedding day. And I think something that is easy to forget is that, yes, you want to invite this person because this person watched your little child grow up. I think this is where it comes and stems from a lot of the time. This person watched your child grow up, but your child hasn't seen this person in 15, 20 years, doesn't know what they would say to them anymore. And when it comes time for the wedding day, they have to go talk to this person that maybe they made them feel uncomfortable when they were little. Maybe they don't know how to connect with this person. And their wedding reception time that they get to mingle with their guests is so limited. They maybe get an hour to mingle. Maybe. May, like, maybe. And, <laughs> that, and that's even That's during generous. dinner. <laughs> yeah. Like they have to finish their dinner fast to start mingling. Like I would say it's at max an hour. And that's including dinner. And so they have this one hour to greet all of their guests. And as somebody who has gotten married and had a reception, and it was a smaller one, I still woke up the next morning feeling so much guilt and anxiety for the people I didn't get to speak to because also some of it was spent speaking to people that I really probably could have done without. That sounds so terrible. But I just want to offer that perspective when and if you're offering to or like you're suggesting inviting a certain person or if you're getting pushback from your child that they don't want that person to come it likely has nothing to do with you and everything to do with how they picture what they might be feeling on their wedding day like they're trying to set themselves up for emotional success yes I totally agree. I'm really glad that you brought this up because this is the guest lists um, and the input that a lot of times moms and dads give on this can be one of the biggest uh, pain points for couples because they don't want to let mom and dad down, um, but they also may not want to invite everyone that you want to invite. And to continue with the transparency, mom and dad, if you are paying for the wedding or contributing at all, I just want you to know, in the back of, a, of, of your child's mind, they are wondering, are there strings attached to this money? If I accept this, am I going to have to do this thing that they would want me to do, and that I have to do it because it's like they paid for it? We know that your intentions are not that, that you would never give money because you want to control the wedding day or hold strings, you know, pull these different strings. But you need to know that that is a question that they are wondering. And I think that you can alleviate some of that stress if you are giving money uh, and contributing, giving a, a financial gift so that they can plan their wedding and say, hey, we just want you to know if this is how you feel, say this. Don't say this if you don't feel this way. <laughs> but if if you do feel this way, hey, we just want you to know, dad and I have talked about this, uh, there are no strings attached with this. You, we just want you to plan your day however you want it. You have no clue how much that will do for them to know that. Now, on the flip side, if there are things that you care about, it will also alleviate so much stress for them to know those things ahead of time so that they can address those things. A lot of times you don't realize the things that you care about until you're in the middle of wedding planning and decisions are being made. And so just that's something to kind of keep in mind. Um, 
if you do realize that something comes up that you care about, again, step into a conversation and say, hey, uh, I noticed that you were doing this. I, I just wanted to talk about this. Um, I actually really care about this, and I and I just want to have the conversation. Let's say they, they're deciding to not get married in the church. They want to get married at a downtown venue, and you just always pictured that your daughter would get married in the church. That is a conversation that you can have, but also understand that they are planning the wedding that they want. We talk so much to our brides who listen to this about their wedding why and why they are doing the things that they are doing. Ashley, will you explain what the wedding why is to moms that might be listening? Yeah, we talk about this in almost every single episode. We always reference back. It's one of the foundational pieces to planning a wedding that really allows them to feel like they're celebrating their unique love. Because if you think about it, every couple is unique, right? Your child is unique. So why, when we look at weddings that are supposed to celebrate the couple's love, genuinely, that's we all agree with that, why is every single wedding identical? You can, as somebody, Chris and I, who photograph multiple weddings, most of them love all of you. Most of them, we can remove the bride and groom, take them out of the picture, and insert a new bride and groom. And the wedding, although emotions are different, the words that are exchanged are different, the couple is different, the way that they interact is different, the surroundings that surround them are the same. There's always tables, there's always centerpieces, there's always a walk down the aisle, there's always a first dance, there's always mingling, there's a dollar dance, there's a garter and bouquet, there's the cake cutting. Like everything goes in the exact same order. That's, it's like there's a template. true, but there's a template, yes. Yeah. So because of that, there is this new realization between couples that they're realizing they're just going through the motions and how can we actually create and craft to celebrate our love in the way that our love is different than everybody else's so what we invite them to do is think about like why are they choosing to celebrate the uniting of their bodies is that an appropriate way to say that the uniting of their souls, yeah. their bodies, whatever you want to call it. Their lives. Their yeah. lives are, are they're starting you know, they're gonna they're, intertwine for good. Right? Yes. Yes. So in that celebration, we ask them, why are you celebrating with a wedding? And we have them dive deep into this. And maybe, maybe the thing that inspired them to get married was your marriage. And so they want to celebrate with a wedding because they look up to your marriage and they want to be able to celebrate family. Maybe that's their why. And that was kind of my why because when I got married, I wanted to celebrate our families. That was like the what I kept being grounded on with my wedding. And so with that, I had 13 people total, including myself and my husband. And I just kept grounded in, I'm here to celebrate my two families. And then on the opposite end of that, maybe what's inspiring your child to get married is like the Maybe your relationship wasn't rainbows and butterflies and maybe your marriage was broken and you had to end it for the better and life is better. And, you know, everybody has different dynamics. And so maybe what's inspiring them is they want to have a love and create a love for their future families and start that foundation on like a unified positive start because they also want to be able to give their families maybe something they didn't experience their themselves. And I mean, as hard as that might be to hear, and it's kind of hard for me to say, to be honest, it's 
important and you know who you, you know if that's you basically so with all of that said in developing their why they think about what's inspiring them to get married maybe it's their culture maybe it's their faith maybe it's their family maybe it's because they want to party with all the people they love maybe it's because they just want to have a celebration that honors their relationship and maybe they're professional poker players and because they're professional poker players part of (laughs) honoring their love is that every single table we are going to play poker and that is going to be what we're going to do and it's weird and it's odd and it's different but that's what they love and that is a day that's going to honor them so that's an extreme not saying your child is a poker player. Or even more realistic, I had a bride who had lots of tension with her mom because her and her fiance uh, love tacos. They always had like Friday night taco nights and stuff like that. It was a big part of their relationship. And so they were getting married on a Friday. They wanted to have tacos. Mom thought taco bar, her words, were, tr- were trashy. And I've that, that it, it was not going to live up to what a wedding should be. And, you know... That is a very practical, real example. Basically, your wedding, why it helps you make decisions. And um, for them, they wanted to celebrate their relationship. Well, that was an aspect of their relationship that they wanted to celebrate on their day. Would it be tacky to some people? Probably. There are probably some people that feel that way, but not to them because it was celebrating their love and an aspect of their day. And that's all that we're encouraging couples to do is to think intentionally about how you want to celebrate your relationship. Exactly. We want your children to wake up the day after their wedding and feel like they truly celebrated a day that honored them. Yes. So here's why we're telling you about wedding why is because we have challenged, like we've said, all of our couples that listen to this to come up with their wedding why. Now, their wedding why is going to be and probably is different from whatever your wedding why is. You may not have called it a wedding why, but you had a reason why you got married. If you are married, why you got married back when you did. Um, So we're just encouraging them to pick theirs. And again, it's probably going to be different than what yours might be. And it might even be different than like your other child who already got married. Yep. And so we want to prepare you to know that when they are making decisions, hopefully, we're giving them the benefit of the doubt, hopefully they're looking at it through the lens of their wedding why, so that when they come to things and you're like, hey, I really would love it if we had um, this certain type of flower uh, decor and this and this and this, and you're all about the flowers and you want all of this stuff. but you know they just really don't care about the decorations you know but what they do care about is hiring their dream photographer and they really don't want to spend four thousand dollars on florals uh and so these different potential pain points you know you want really you really care about the flowers they really care about the photographer that type of thing to where know that they're making these decisions and maybe they don't care about flowers because they want uh they're not even going to have centerpieces. They're choosing to not do that. They want to focus on their other aspect of them. Just know that there is reasons why they are doing the things that they're doing. And so much of that goes back to their wedding. Why mom, I heard a couple of other instances that I think would be really important to share. Cause I do think that they're kind of common things and you can find points of relatability within them or how that could have came to fruition for that particular family. But one person had mentioned 
and I've seen this with my couples actually as well, that they had a major argument with their parents about the wording on the invitations. And this ties in a lot of situations where back when, like in the 90s, people getting married in the 90s, early 2000s, 80s, like all this time, traditions were different then. Weddings were different then. Weddings maybe lasted two hours. Now it's a whole day, as you know already. And so with that traditional aspect, you might have been used to putting names on invitations. Like, for example, um, Chris. Chris and Lara Serna invite you to celebrate the marriage of Sterling Serna and Jane Doe. And putting that, putting your names on those invitations, there's nothing wrong with that if that works for your family dynamic. But also I want you to hear, consider this particular couple There was a married set of parents and a divorced set of parents. And the bride felt this really highlighted that his set of parents weren't together anymore. And consider kind of any dichotomy of that and how that could potentially play a factor if you have some resistance or pushback in an opinion that you have. Maybe it is because there's another family involved in this union. And keeping that in mind, yes, maybe you're very proud and want those your names on the invitations, but maybe it's just easier to keep feelings from being hurt, to just not include them at all. And it's like, join our two families, anything like that. Like, just consider the other side of the dichotomy. But also, in that as well, there's this keeping up with the Joneses theme that we were seeing in a lot of responses. They feel like... They have to invite a ton of people because that's what so-and-so did at their wedding or because whenever mom would go have dinner with her girlfriends, she'd come home and now have all these new opinions on the wedding. And in that, it's not that it's intentional and I'm not saying it's intentional either, but when you find yourself having thoughts like, because we're human. We have these thoughts. I feel like I have these thoughts. Like when I was getting married, I was like, okay, so-and-so, I always see these at weddings. Like I see people with these amazing florals and like, okay, I feel like I need to do that to match them. I have to do, and I encourage you too, to do a little mental shift in your mind that's like shuts that off and says, is that really that important to me? Am I doing that for other people or am I doing that for myself? And if you're making that decision because you truly, truly, deeply have like a sentimental attachment to this decision, that's one thing. But if you find that your answer is actually, I'm doing this because I'm afraid that other people will judge me or that other people will think my wedding wasn't as good as so-and-so's wedding or I just, I want to impress them. Like that's a positive thing. I want to impress them. If you find that and you're getting pushback from your child about this decision, ask yourself, is it that important? Is that a hill you want to die on? that you're making this decision based on other people's judgment. Mom, if I could give you one little piece of advice that I would hope would help you feel some sense of release, relief or release too, release of stress. Know that the budget of your child's wedding, the way that the wedding plays out, 
how big it is, none of that is a reflection of how successful you were as a parent. Absolutely. And and so just just know that, own that, feel that. On the flip side, parents, maybe you if you're anything like my family, my family could not contribute to the wedding. They just were not in a place financially. Maybe there's some shame that comes with that. Maybe there's some shame with feeling like, oh, this, you know, the other parents are, are contributing so much and we're not doing anything and we would really love to. And that is a reflection of us as failures. No, do not for one second hold on to that belief and feel like you are a failure because you cannot contribute, you know, thousands of dollars, even though you wish you could. That is a form of keeping up with the Joneses. It's just kind of a reverse one. And so don't for one second take that on and feel like you're a failure because you're not. You created an amazing child who's found the love of their life and they're going to get married and they don't care if you can't provide these thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. We also encourage... Uh, listeners, brides, to stay within a budget and to not plan for a wedding that they can't even afford. It's not fair that maybe this um, has been placed on you to feel like you have to pay for all of this. And and there are so many couples now. There's being a shift in the industry where I think lots of couples are starting to want to pay for their own weddings um, to just even remove any 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 um, relational hazards, road bumps that might come in the way. They're like, you know what? Mm -hmm. We love our parents so much. We don't even want there to be any potential rifts. We are just going to pay for this wedding ourselves. And if we can only pay for a $10,000 wedding, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. It's because they love you. And like, look, we completely understand. This is a point that I really want you to know. We understand you have been waiting your child's entire life for Who's the person that they're going to end up with? Who's the person that they love? You have been waiting for this for your child's entire life. And they've maybe only been thinking about this since around the time they met this person. And so for you, you've got this years and years of built up excitement for this day. And that you're invested. Exactly. That should not be diminished. And that is not being diminished whatsoever. Just because we are saying your child has this why. You're super important. What you want is also super important. We just want to offer a perspective to remember. This is going to be hard to hear. It's it's hard to hear, but but it's definitely needed. This is not your day. This is your baby's day. You may have had yours. You may not have. You may have chose not to get married. That happens too. But this is your baby's day. And I know what you want more than anything else is for your baby to be happy. And you have the power to divide, but you also have the power to really bring things together. We understand that that might be hard to hear and that that might even take some time to process. Now, what we're not saying is that your opinions uh, don't matter. We're not saying that. We're not saying that you should never share your opinions. Not at all. Um, quite oftentimes, I mean, daughters go to their mom, their moms with, with these things. What a powerful thing for you to come back as a mom and say, well, baby, what's your wedding? Why? What's your why? Why are you, why help, are you having a wedding? And, and, and bringing them back to what they're doing. You can champion their why. And what better person to champion their why than mama bear? 
Like there ain't nobody that's going to mess with that why if mom's championing it. That's right. You can also you can also call them back to it too when they begin to potentially deviate. You have just like Ashley said, you have the potential to to divide, but you can also unite, you can also bring things together, you can also just again thermostat. You set the tone. Uh, you can set the tone of this plant wedding planning process. It's going to be really easy for your child to get off track. It's going to be really, really easy for them to be bombarded with all the inspiration posts on social media, on Instagram, all the things, all the places. And they're going to start worrying as the wedding gets closer, like, oh my gosh, there's that wall at the venue. What are we going to do with it? We need to put something on it. We can't just have a blank wall, right? This is something that they're worrying about. Trust me, I know. It's happening to me right now. (laughs) I'm a maid of honor and I'm getting these messages. Like, what what do I do with this wall? And I have to bring her back to her wedding. Why? I'm like, you don't care about this wall. That's not why you're having this wedding. Why? Like, don't don't allow yourself to stress out over something that nobody is going to miss because it's not there. No one's going to care. So use that power to bring them back to center when they start to get distracted and seriously stressed out about things that really in the grand scheme of things don't matter. I had another bride message me literally yesterday in a panic because the ties that she got in for her wedding are the total wrong color. And by total wrong color, they're not the total wrong color. They're emerald. They're supposed to be like more of a forest green very different than what she was planning. It's kind of a little more jewel tone versus like earthy. But nonetheless, she's like, what do I do? I'm panicking. And I said, well, you return them or you deal with it. Like it's just a tie color. No one yeah. knows it's supposed to be a different tie color. That's not why you're getting married. Why are you mm-hmm. getting married? And so if you can use that power because they, you talked to them about their why, you're going to have the power to bring them back to center. You're going to have the power to be their calm while they're experiencing a lot of chaos and decision fatigue. Be that power for them. Be that stake totally. in the ground. Yes. They, there, is, there is a plethora of opinions out in the world, but there are not enough people that are supporting them, that are there with them uh, as they're having breakdowns and, and trying to process all that stuff. And they have plenty of opinions. They just need the support. And you can do that. You can give that to them. That's for sure. You know you might have a people-pleasing daughter or you might have a really opinionated direct daughter or you might have a son who's just like, you know, I really don't care about any of this. Whatever it is for them, know that they have their own set of struggles. And if you can be that support beam versus being a point of tension and a point where they're like, I don't want to go to my parent with that because I think they're going to stress me out more than they're going to help me. I know that's not where you don't want to be. Or wait, I know that's not where you, I know that's not where you want to be. You don't want to live in that space. Right. And so moms, we hope that this episode has been helpful. We hope that you've taken it. We hope that we have not offended. Know that our hearts were truly to help, that they were to inform and even inspire you to to begin to view your role as someone that can influence the day in a way like no one else can for better or for worse. We hope that you'll you'll pick up your powers and that you'll use them for better. We know that that goodness is within you, and we hope that you will use that. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out. 
Um, if you want to follow along with us to further champion uh, your your child's wedding planning, moms, you might be on Instagram, you might not. But if you are, you can follow us at The Bridal Breakdown. We'd love to hear from some moms. If you're a mom that has listened to this and this has helped you come to some realizations, man, shoot us a DM uh, and shoot us a message and let us know any of the things that you've taken away from this. Uh, and so thank you so much for listening. Ashley, you got anything else? I just know you taking the step to listen to this part of the podcast for your child is super commendable. Not something you had to do, but it was something that you did for your child. And on behalf of them, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing this. Absolutely. Have a good day. Bye.